Blessings, and welcome to Arms Upheld, support in life's hard battles. I'm Lynn Pierce, and I'm here to hold up your arms with encouragement, something to think on, and a prayer to focus on the one who holds all things together while you continue to fight the battles in your life. In the midst of battle, life can feel overwhelming, challenging, or beyond. I don't know what God has called you to do, what battlefield you are walking through, but at times you may find yourself feeling this way. I want you to know that even though your battle likely looks different than mine, I'm here to support you. I want to stand with you until the breakthrough happens and you can see the victory materialize. My hope is that these few minutes we spend together will help you lighten your load, feel seen, connected, and loved, and fix your eyes on Jesus. Let's begin with God's Word. In John 16, 33, Jesus promises that we will have trouble. What do we do when tragedy strikes? Sometimes tragedy initiates our battles, and sometimes they occur in the midst of them. Either way, you may be able to relate to an unassuming Tuesday that in an instant turns into a major crisis. Everything can change in a moment. Some of those moments forever divide our lives as before and after. What do we do when tragedy touches us in such an impactful way? I obviously cannot know how you react to trauma, and I don't believe there's a right way. God created everyone wonderfully unique, but I do believe he has woven common threads through our lives and these threads allow us to connect. Perhaps as I share my thoughts, you will find a way to relate. Perhaps it's God's gift of adrenaline, but in a crisis, I do what needs done. When there's an action that I need to do, I just do it. For example, when my husband, who I was dating then, was bit by a dog years ago, I stayed very calm and matter-of-fact. We wrapped his hand, and I drove to the emergency room. And yes, I know this doesn't necessarily equate to a tragedy, but I'm just using it as an example. I stayed with him through all the preliminary things, and then the nurse came in to treat him. Once he was being taken care of, it was okay that I step out of the room. After closing the door, I slid to the floor and cried and felt sick to my stomach, and all those reactions just came flooding in. I think sometimes having a job to do, having that purpose, pushes us through the hardest, most shocking parts of the crisis. At some point, however, the movement stops. What happens then? For me, this is when the tears descend. Tears of heartbreak. Tears of terror. Tears of uncertainty. Tears of anger. Tears of sadness. Tears of relief. 
I realize that not everyone cries, but I believe there's healing in tears. What if these tears are God's way of beginning the healing process, even as the tragedy is unfolding? That seems like something an amazing and loving God could do. During the tears, I can form no words. I pray. I seek God. However, this is a time I need the Holy Spirit to interpret for me. Romans 8.26 claims, The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Paul continues in verse 27, concluding that the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. In these moments, my mind cannot form a comprehensible message, but my heart yearns to connect with Jesus and to seek His will. Eventually, words will come as the thinking part of our brains kick back into gear. As we are able to form thoughts, we might wish we could retreat back into the emotional takeover. Thoughts that should never have to cross a person's mind begin to swirl in tornadic fashion. The unthinkable has become reality. At this point, I think the road diverges. One way we survive is to put our complete trust in the Lord. We lean in to who we know God to be from our past experiences. What if those past experiences cause us to question whether or not God can handle this? We could move as far away from God as we can get. We doubt, we question, we blame. I have chosen both paths at different times. However, I believe there are innumerable paths in between these two ends of the spectrum. We each walk our own paths in varying shades of trust and hues of doubt. Our past experiences play big roles in who we believe God to be, but new tragedy can also uproot beliefs we thought were foundational. Our prayers take on endless forms, from shouts of rage to humble thanks, from genuine questions to extravagant praise, and from urgent beseeching to complete surrender. As far as God's answers, they are unpredictable. Prayer matters. I believe it is a gift to us, but I also believe it activates strategies in the heavenly realm. Prayer is powerful. That being said, there is not a formula for intensity or quantity that determines results. Outcomes lie squarely in the hands of our sovereign Lord. His ways are not our ways. God tells us this in Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. The truth is sometimes we pray and miraculous things happen. 
It is also true that sometimes we pray and horrible things still happen. I'd like to share a moment of my story with you. After years of infertility, I was finally pregnant. We were overjoyed. I went to a routine ultrasound and the tech had to go get a doctor. This was my first pregnancy, but I knew enough to know that wasn't good. Our baby wasn't growing as expected, but still had a heartbeat. After finding this out, I did all the things I had to do. And then I cried. And then I prayed. Sometime between that parking lot and when I returned the next week, this time with my husband, my prayer changed. Instead of praying for our baby to be okay, I prayed that no matter what happened, that I would be able to feel God's presence in that room. God used that moment to be nearer to me than any other time in my life. I can still feel how I felt that day, and I know He loves me, even though I won't meet that child until heaven. God doesn't promise us good things all the time. In fact, if we return to John 16, we know Jesus told us that we will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's Jesus talking. Our story doesn't end with the trouble. It ends with victory. And if we return to Romans 8, the next verse, verse 28, promises us that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Jonathan Evans, who is the son of Dr. Tony Evans, says, If it's not good yet, God's not done yet. There are some situations that are not at all good. But in God's hands, He can use it for good. And that's what we can hold on to. Seven years after our first pregnancy, we got pregnant again. This time, we came home from the hospital with a baby girl. She doesn't replace our first, but she does bring us a lot of joy. And that is good. If you find yourself in a tragedy today, or dealing with a past one, please allow me to pray for you. Almighty God, Sovereign Lord, our Savior, you know all too well that some days are unimaginably hard. You know our heartache. You know our pain. You know our worries and our fears. You know our questions and our pleading. Jesus, walk with us and guide us in all the things we need to do. Holy Spirit, interpret for us when we are in a place 
where there are no words. Be with us and intercede for us. Heavenly Father, work a miracle according to your will. If that miracle isn't in our circumstances, let it be in us. I claim victory according to your will in every situation in the lives of those listening today. We look expectantly for glimpses of your love and grace in our lives. Thank you. In the powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me. Your time is precious, and I appreciate it. If you enjoyed this podcast and it has helped you in any way, please leave a note in the comments and subscribe so you can get the next episode. Your battle may look different than mine, but let's stand together. I'll keep your arms upheld until victory is real in your life. Remember, God is for you, and so am I.